Aloha, and welcome to the show. The 692nd Podcast is a platform for developing and connecting with our airmen across the island and those now serving on the mainland. Tune in for episodes where we talk all things leadership and personal development while getting a glimpse into the lives of the people moving our missions forward. I'm your host, Master Sergeant Derek Addison, and this is the 692nd Podcast. Welcome Knights, Tigers, Hawks, Warriors, and Krakens. Our next airman deserving of the group's bragging, Staff Sergeant Eric Wilson. He is a member of the 8th Intelligence Squadron where he works as one of our data managers. Acting outside of his 1-in-4 role, Staff Sergeant Wilson learned how to code in Java and Python and has been putting those skills to use, developing tools and applications on ArcGIS to facilitate the group's data strategy into a coherent vision. Please enjoy this conversation with Staff Sergeant Wilson. This is Master Addison with the 692nd Podcast, and I'm here with Staff Sergeant Eric Wilson. Hello. So you go by Eric. Yes. What is your middle name? William. Eric William Wilson. Yep. My initials are ew. They are. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you know that, because yep. I was about to say that. All right. Is that purposeful on your parents' part? You know, I would hope not. Yeah? Were but... you a nasty baby? Uh I would like to think I was the best baby. So I just have, I have one older brother. Okay. Uh, his name's Kyle. Okay. He is 31 now. We're two years apart. All right. So I feel like I was the good child, but I mean, my parents could go back and forth on either one of us. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> I know I was the good child because they didn't find out a lot of stuff. See, I thought they didn't find out a lot of stuff about me until I figured I, I'm old enough now to tell them of the previous stuff I've done in the past. And they're like, oh, yeah, we know. Right. Oh, okay. And you are married? Yes. What's your wife's name? Alicia. Alicia. And she is in the military? Correct. Is she also in the 8th IS? Yes. Okay. What does she do in the 8th IS? Currently, she is working near a real-time mission. All right. All right. And she is a, what is her AFSC? One in four. So, and you are also a one in four, correct? correct? All right. You are from where? Arizona. All right. And where's your, uh, did you meet your spouse there, Alicia there, or did you meet her in the military? We met her, uh, I met her in tech school. Oh, your tech school marriage. So we tried to stay away from that because we didn't get married in tech school. Okay. We wanted to see if we could do a long distance relationship. I went uh, from tech school actually to Tucson in Arizona. No. And she went to Nebraska. So we're, I mean, it's both still in the States. Right. But we wanted to see if we could work that out before actually getting married. And we actually got married while we were apart. Okay. That's good. Yeah. And you've been married for how long? Ooh, six years. Sorry, if you, if you mess it up or whatever, we can just, we can, we can delete everything and then start over. It's yeah. fine. And you'd be like, oh yeah, we've been married for six years, six three years, months, and 12 days. It'll be seven years in May. All right. All right. Seven years in May. Do you have any children? No. Three dogs. Three dogs. All right. Are you planning on having children? Are you just, uh, you know, waiting or are you? Yeah, we plan on having children. It's... I mean, dogs Dogs are good too. Yeah. I mean, those are a handful. Yes. But I feel I wanted to get more comfortable financially mm -hmm. before actually 
wanting to try to have kids. Yeah, that's smart. I promise you. <laughs> now, I will say, uh, I have three children, and my children think they get away with everything as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is very enlightening to them when <laughs> I explain to them, you do realize that mommy and daddy did this as well. So right. we did those same things. We made those same mistakes. We did stupid things. Mm-hmm. So when you try to lie to us, it doesn't. Right. And we just know you're lying. My parents, I mean, I've, I've lied to my parents before, and they are always saying, you know, we're going to be super excited when you have kids because they're going to turn out exactly like you. I'm like, well, I'm going to be ready for that because I know what I did. You will be, yeah. but you're never ready. I right. promise you. That's fine. So Phoenix, Arizona? Yes. What was life like in Phoenix? Uh, I've only been through Phoenix Airport. I've never actually... Oh, through Sky Harbor? Yep. Yeah. I've never actually... It's hot. It, it is. Well, I Yeah. I mean... The airport was nice and cool. Where is Port Huachuca? Ooh. That's in Flagstaff. Is that in Flagstaff? Is that north? Nope. Maybe it's south. I, I thought it was more southern. Yes. I went to Flor- Fort Huachuca... But I don't really remember it because I was a senior airman and I was TDY. Oh. And I, I flew from Korea to, I don't even, I, Los Angeles Airport. And then I took a bus. Ooh. They took a bus from Los Angeles Airport to some army base east. And then I got on a helicopter and flew to Fort Huachuca. I mean, helicopter part's pretty cool. Bus yeah. doesn't sound appealing. It was horrible. Yeah. I don't remember. I, I do remember the helicopter ride because I totally thought we were going to die. <laughs> and I was there for an Army course, so everything was being run and maintained and done by the Army. Oh, so you might, yeah. I very, literally thought I was. Possibility. Yeah, I was, it was legit, like, death going to occur. So I <laughs> I think I might have even said, like, last will and testament to myself. I didn't know. <laughs> but I went to Fort Huachuca for the interrogators course. Uh, because of my role um, in in Korea that I was doing. So uh, I don't remember anything about Arizona, except it was hot. Yeah. And Fort Huachuca was a very big base that I could go run around, and I could hear gunshots, because apparently I, I think you could, at the time, hunt on the base. Oh, that's cool. So I was curious. I was like, should I be wearing like a, a an orange vest while I'm <laughs> running? And they're just like, No. I was like, I'm probably going to start doing that yeah. anyway. So That's I what the reflective doing. belt is there for, right? Yeah, I didn't have reflective belt. <laughs> so. What are you talking about? That's like the main necessity for I, tech school. I had a purple reflective belt for Korea around my backpack because that was a requirement. Mm. If you wore a backpack, I had to have a reflective belt around that. You looked ridiculous when you left oh, base, bet. took your reflective belt off, put it back into your bag, and then when you got on base, you had to take it out of your backpack and put it around there. <laughs> it was horrible. So it was a one in four Bravo. Yes. Because we do have one in four alphas, mm-hmm. um, not in the eighth IS, but you are essentially a uh, a second reporter, but you have a specific job here in the eighth IS that is not a normal one in four position, correct? Correct. Yeah. What is your job, and and what is that? What are your like roles and responsibilities in this role? So at the eighth, I am part of the data management team. So it is my job and my team's job to make sure all of the other AETs are good to go with putting in data for visualization for their customers, pretty much uh, for the AOC. Okay. I mean, and that's me just keeping up with the programs that they're using and updating them whenever need be. All right. And then also training members of those AET groups or flights so that they are also able to do what I'm able to do so I'm not always bogged down by little requirements that they might send. Absolutely. 
So data management is very, let, let, let me let me put this gently. No one really thought about it or cared about it um, previously, in especially in a DCGS environment. Yeah. Or, uh, unfortunately, it's not a very well-known requirement in the intelligence community as a whole. Okay. Now, I think as we are starting to see the amount of data that is being able to be processed and uh, obtained and you know categorized and, and really analyzed I think a lot more you know three letter agencies as well as individual units are taking a, a much deeper look or a closer look at data management yeah and it's it's not that new but to the military it's pretty new yeah and it's nice seeing us kind of start from the ground up with that and kind of push it out to everyone else saying hey look at this cool thing that we created that you also have the capability to do. And yeah. being able to be like the stepping stone for that is pretty neat. Yeah, I I do think the the one thing I really like about uh, not one thing, but I like a lot of things about data organization and data management and you know the analysis that can come from it. The the biggest thing that I I like about it, I believe is the information that you're collecting and all the data, what it's showing you and the questions that you didn't know you should have been asking. Right. The, the kind of the perspectives that you can get just by looking at essentially a bunch of numbers mm -hmm. um, and the the analysis that you can get from that that you didn't even know that you should have been asking a, a different question. I really like that. And I think I started seeing that more whenever I dealt with data scientists mm -hmm. um, doing, you know, the Amber Glow efforts. I'm not, I'm not really sure if it's a, it's not, they're not quick reaction teams, but the, the Amber Glow uh, efforts that go on for um, the Office of the Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence, mm -hmm. OUSDI. And so your role is new, just like you said, it's new to the military as well. Mm -hmm. and, you know, the thought of managing our data uh, and making sure it's categorized and, and put into a usable format. Mm -hmm. We locally at the, in the group, as well, you know, specifically more in the, in the 8th IS, you guys had to kind of build this from scratch yeah, so we're actually using a program called Arcgis, okay. which is owned by Esri. Uh -huh. And we're using their programs to kind of help visualize this data that we're putting in. But we had to come up with the data schema that we're using and that all the other flights are using now to correctly visualize what they're putting in. Right. Data is, if it's unstructured... It's a mess. It's a mess, exactly. Uh, you're just looking at a you know an Excel spreadsheet with a whole bunch of random stuff on it, right? Things, a whole bunch of numbers, and then some words in there, right? And free text is horrible. Yeah. So everyone, I know, if uh, if the world was, you know, black and white in in all aspects when it comes to our jobs, uh, everything would be drop down menus, and yeah. then that would make your job so much easier. Yeah. Because then you can filter for everything of that, but obviously that's not the case. Mm -hmm. Because every every day is a different a, a new challenge and things. I will say you were nominated by your leadership. So why you're here, right? So you've been called out by your peers and leadership for being awesome. We are going to sit just have a conversation on what makes you awesome, not just for your unit, but for the group as a whole. It's a good ego, right? Right there. I'm here ego for boost. you. <laughs> I mean, if I you, appreciate that. If you felt like this week you were not feeling appreciated, like today is the day to change that. Okay. okay. So all I'm going to do is hype you up. Awesome. 
to you. Let me just start glowing. Yeah, there you go. That's fine. <laughs> Not too bright, though. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So um, you came here from what unit? The 15th Intelligence Squadron at Langley in Virginia. Okay. And what did you do there? There we did uh, target system analysis. Okay. So my job out there was to gather information from the commander's objectives of whatever O plan we were going after. Yeah. To create targets based off of what the commander wanted and then prioritize those targets in a way so we could send those to the AOC and the targets team. Yep. So that they could, when they do uh, their job, their, yeah, their job, they would be able to have the most information possible. So we were kind of like the the groundwork to give to the AOC yeah. while I was out there. So when you got here, did those skills and that, that work that you did there, did it translate and transfer over to the 8th IS? A little when I first started working at the 8th. Uh, I used the knowledge that I got from them for researching just quick analytic work. Right. Uh, being able to find certain answers kind of quickly because I knew where to look or I knew what organization would have that type of information that I'm looking for to yeah. help out my team. So, me, yeah, I would say. But, I mean, currently what I'm doing now, no, I'm, right. I'm not using any of that. Yeah. I will ask, when you first got here, did you realize that there were other people who were supposed to be doing that same type of work that maybe didn't have that information, those skill sets? Did you transfer those skills onto any, anyone else? No, uh, I did realize about, I think, a week after I started working that one of the AETs was working with the 15th Intelligence Squadron. Okay. Um, so it was really nice to go work with that AET and kind of help them understand the questions that the 15th was asking them. Right. And it was nice to kind of be that bridge between now the DGS and the 15th IS. Yeah, that is good. And I know that we can collaborate with a lot of different units, yeah. um, but it's really difficult for us to understand their motivations behind certain questions or you know responses and right. things like that. So uh, having that kind of inside baseball that you had from that unit is really good. And I'm sure that that I know that that's going to help out in, in all aspects of you know collaboration and working oh, together. Yeah. So that's good. So do you have any interest in graphic design? Yeah. Uh, I would say I'm a, fair, a fair amount. Yeah. Where did that graphic design interest come from? Really the 15th, actually. Okay. Um, we were starting up a new type of way to share Intel to our, like the young airmen kind of yeah. basic graphics of how things are done at the 15th. Mm -hmm. And I was in charge of making some, uh, what are they called? Infographics? Yeah, infographics. Okay. So... I know you didn't want to keep saying the term graphic. Right. I, yeah, it's fine. I do that. Yeah. So, yeah, I was in charge of making some infographics just so the younger airmen could understand some of the processes that we had. And that turned into creating coins, creating little emblems that we would use. Uh, I created the 15th IS emblem that the commander is now using as a coin. They're using it on all their products now, which I found fascinating. Cool. But I guess it started... I. I've just had always had a little habit for it. All right. When I was, I deployed to IUD in 2014, mm -hmm. and I worked at the ISARC out there. All right. And I, I realized that all these other sh little shops had their own specific coins, but the right. ISARC didn't have a coin. So I thought it'd be fun just to create one for our team, and we created one. We bought a whole bunch. And I think they're still selling them out there now. Cool. So yeah, then just. 
And then out here at the 8th, when everyone was getting into their own AETs, I was like, well, DOA needs one. Right. And so I wanted to create one for, for our team. So you, now DOA has their own specific coin or? No, they, so they pretty much, it's like a, a flight patch. All right, the morale patch? Right. Okay. It's not made into a patch yet, but I mean, they could they can make it into a patch if they want. They have the design. Yeah. So are you a doodler? Not really, no. Not, I, you're not I, artistic at all? I wouldn't say so. Oh. Best I could draw is a stick figure, and even that comes out pretty shoddy. I did a stick figure yesterday. Oh, yeah? I did. Yep. I was explaining like the origin of a Chinese character in my brain, oh. and I had to draw a stick figure. So we talked about your role as a data manager. We talked about your interest as graphic design mm-hmm. and, of course, the squadron, the sharing that occurred with the 15th IS mm-hmm. and things like that. So uh, I've got a, I got a few more questions that not are not specifically related to work. Okay. Just you as a human being. Okay. Let's so it. do you watch a lot of movies? Yes. Do you read a lot of books? No. Actually, more comic books, actually. I recently started getting back into to manga and comic books okay what's your favorite manga dragon ball z hands down really yeah i'll be honest with you i've never read a dragon ball z manga Mm. i i think i've watched a couple of episodes when my karate instructor's son he i it was my karate instructor is well he's passed now but uh his son was nine years older than me oh wow so it always confuses people like how old was he so uh (laughs) he was 21 and I was like 11 turning 12, but he would get into Dragon Ball Z maybe a couple years later, but he would watch it a lot and I would. Yeah, that's probably my favorite anime. Yeah? Too. Interesting. What is your, what's your favorite thing about Dragon Ball Z? Knowing Ooh. that that Super Saiyan is within all of us? Yeah, pretty much. Because you like to glow? The ability to, to try to think that it could happen by focusing all of your attention into one thing. Yeah. To harnessing all of your chi, yes, and become Super Saiyan. Yeah, correct. Okay. Are you? Would My you goal. use that power for good or evil? Good. Are you sure? I, yeah. I would be the Goku. Okay. Or not Gohan. The... Gohan was my favorite character. So really, mm-hmm. there's a character called Gohan. Yes. Oh, that's right. Goku's son. Okay. Doesn't Gohan mean like five finger? I have no idea what it means. Oh, I don't speak Japanese. <laughs> A lot of people told me that because I learned Korean, that Japanese should be easy. Um, but then I realized because they also have, you know, outside of Chinese that does not have an alphabet per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, Japanese has an alphabet as well, so it, it should be easy to pick up. But then I found out they had two different alphabets. Oh, that's tough. And they use Chinese characters, and their Chinese characters can have multiple different pronunciations. I was like, nope, yep, not for me. Nope, Korean they use they use Chinese characters. Obviously, they use the long form, the traditional form, so it's not the simplified. Okay, but they have one pronunciation to that Chinese character, so it's either pronounced one way or you just don't know that. Uh, like me, I don't I don't know the pronunciation <laughs> of it. I'm just like, cool, that's a Chinese character. What else does the sentence say? So I can try to figure out what that means because that happens. Gotcha. So what type of uh, what type of movies do you like to watch? Mm, so. Genre, I would say thriller. Oh, okay. I'm a big thriller. Wife is a big horror fan. I'm not. I hate horror. Oh. I get scared too easily. Okay. I'm not a fan of the jump scares. Okay. But for me, thriller and anything really space related. I'm really into All right. to astrology. It's interesting because one of my topics is what uh, what is a topic that you can talk about for hours? I don't know if I could talk about astrology for hours. Right. I know I could. Oh, I, you're saying astrology. Not astronomy. Yeah. 
So you, yeah, so yeah, I'm sorry, astronomy. Oh, okay. I was I was wondering. I was like, are are you a Pisces or? So I'm a Leo, but okay. no, I'm not. I'm, yeah, I, I meant astronomy. Okay. So you can talk about astronomy, or you're interested in astronomy. I'm, inter- I'm very interested in it. Yeah, but I'm not. I couldn't talk about it. Okay. One of my big goals is to see the curvature of the Earth somehow. Okay. I think that would be interesting, and also hopefully someday to create something that is put into space or be on a team that created something that gets put into space. Yeah. The Hubble telescope, I was very fascinated in, very fascinated in the new telescope that they're going to be launching soon. Right. But that's about my knowledge of astronomy goes. Yeah. I will say that I've seen a picture of the curvature of the earth Yeah. that was given to me by a, uh, a U2 pilot. Oh yeah. That's cool. They had some of the best photos. I was a crappy camera too. But just the location and you know where they're taking the photos and what they're taking photos of mm-hmm. was like was so good you didn't care about any you know the three megapixel camera right. or whatever it was. So I would go on YouTube and watch a bunch of videos of people strapping GoPros to weather balloons yep. and launching them up into the stratosphere, and then just having that video footage of it just falling back down or just as it's going up to see the Earth get smaller and smaller. It just fascinated me. Yeah. So you believe that the Earth is not flat? I do believe the Earth is round. Okay. Thank you. I'm a hard believer on that. Yeah. There was a, there was an individual in the 8th IS who claimed that the Earth was flat. Okay. I'm not sure if he was actually a flat earther or if he just liked to troll people because like they would get into arguments on the ops floor. Uh, yeah, I would not do well with that person. Yeah, I think I, he's probably just a troll, and that's fine. Hopefully. So I, I hope they're all trolls, <laughs> and they all know. I hope so, too. I've, I've met some people that... I don't believe are very intelligent mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to science or things like that. So, or easily manipulated. Let's let's go that yeah go that route because they're probably very intelligent on in some aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I, I'm kind of interested now uh, because you watch thriller and your wife watches horror. Mm-hmm. So it m- uh, might not be appropriate for the podcast. But what movie quotes do you use on a regular basis? I don't use actually. I don't think I use any movie quotes. I don't believe that at all. I use a lot of TV show quotes. Okay, like what? From The Office. All right. The obvious is that's what she said. Yes. You say that a lot? Yeah. Did your wife get angry at that? No, she loves it. Oh, really? She does it to me all the time, too. Oh. Yeah, no, my wife is not. I I didn't watch The Office. Okay. And I thought it was more funny to use it in ridiculous ways anyway. Not that you would ever, Mm -hmm. you would never use, you know, that's what she said in this way, but Mm -hmm. I would use it then. My wife just got tired of it. (laughs) And then it got funny when she got irritated, I should probably delete this off the off the podcast. She doesn't listen to podcasts, so I don't want to worry about it. But so you use a lot of uh, office quotes. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, I'll quote Office once in a while if the timing's right or if something comes up, if a situation comes up and it just reminds me of like a scene from the Office. Then right. I'll just regurgitate what happens in the show. Yeah, I watch. I don't watch too much TV. Me and my wife, obviously, we focus on a few specific shows. Uh, she likes Grey's Anatomy, and oh yeah, my wife loves Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, and I watched it too. So, and it has nothing to do with my name. I, I guess originally when Grey's Anatomy when it first came out, uh, <laughs> one of the main characters' name is Derek. Yep. And then his, married to a person named Madison. Exactly, and uh, so that that was a big thing. And I, I gotta didn't understand say, it. when I first saw that it was Matt Sergeant Derek Anderson, uh, Addison, I was like, oh, that just reminds me of Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize how how what what that meant at all because I've never I'd never seen the show at the time. Gotcha. Uh, and someone pointed it out to me. I was like, okay, yeah, cool. So <laughs> I was Derek Addison before the show existed. <laughs> so, uh, 
it kind of reminds me of the movie The Office or Office Space. Office Space. Where he's like, I was I was Michael Bolton before he became you know famous or something right. like that. So same situation. <laughs> and uh, I just watched Office Space again recently because one of our neighbors had never seen it. Ooh, that's uh, always fun. To I know. So I was like, get their reaction. I know. So I was like, okay, this is gonna be good. It's funny though. Her son, our neighbor's son, I just talked with him last night about astronomy. I showed him a picture of of you know the, the night sky, the mm-hmm. stars in the sky. Uh, because he was asking me how many he said something about um he learned the letter v in school he's four he's four okay so he was learning the letter v in school and i was like what words do you know with v and he said venus mm-hmm. and i was like that's right what is venus he's like it's a planet i was like how many planets do we have he's like a zillion i was like there there might be a zillion planets and my my son who's eight he's like there's eight planets and i was like okay uh and or he Pluto. I know, right? It's a dwarf planet, but it's not a planet anymore. It's not one. It's not one of the nine. Yep. Uh, so that was always confusing whenever people are like, "There's only eight now," and I was like, "But we yet we we add another ocean since I graduated high school, the Southern Ocean." Okay. So that that added in like 2008. I didn't. I graduated high school in 2002, so was not aware that we changed things. Mm-hmm. It's fine. They changed math. I know that, but <laughs> so because I have to deal with that now with my children. <laughs> So I actually liked it though. It's a lot more logical in the way they want to do it. I just hate showing work where I have to draw big blocks of right. tins, and that's irritating. Yeah. And I am not artistic either, so it's not a fun thing mm. for me. Uh, but yeah, I did explain to him about how many stars in the sky, and imagine every single one of those stars is its own sun, mm-hmm. and each one of those suns has eight planets. Mm. So if there's a zillion stars, then there's eight zillion planets and his eyes got really big and i was like that's right and he's like how many have life i was like i have no idea we don't know seven <laughs> i want to go with seven it's a lucky number at least one at least there's got to be at least yeah. one right i don't know about intelligent life we're still looking for it here yep i see right. so for that though i also like with the hubble telescope one of the images that they recently not recently but they showed out to the world was a whole bunch of different galaxies yeah just millions upon millions of galaxies in this one photo yep and all those galaxies have so many stars within them and all those have planets associated with it so exactly that's yeah that's why i like astronomy yeah i had a conversation with uh staff sergeant sham and we talked about that same thing about the the numbers of planets that are out there that are possibly out there is too high for there not to be life on one of them yep i also believe that yeah, it's it's just it's a numbers game. Even if it's like just bacteria life, exactly. Not, not even like exactly. alien aliens, like what we pers- or what we see aliens in the movies, right? But just living things. Yeah, there has to be at least one. Yeah, I wonder who came up with that original like alien look, like green. Yeah, the little small like oval head. shaped yep. or almond shaped head. Yep. You know, I wonder who came up with that and why. Maybe they were visited. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they were the actual aliens after all. Right. So outside of aliens, um, if magic was real, what spell would you try to learn first? Are we talking like Harry Potter magic? I mean, I don't know. If what other type of magic do you know? Uh, there's I mean, a there's, there's not a, a whole bunch of spells that I know besides ones coming from Harry Potter. Right. And at that point, I don't even know spell names from Harry Potter. I know you can expel their armus. <laughs> 
what spell would I want to know? So in the in the Dragon King or Dragon Kid or whatever uh, that my son and my or my children watch, I guess all three of my children watch it. There's an elf who's going with them, and she's like uh, she's an assassin, but she's never killed anyone, so it's kind of weird. But he does like this little he draws like a symbol for air or breath, and he like does this like a little push motion. Oh, okay, that kind of um, reminds me of Avatar. Think about Avatar, yeah. So what about Avatar? You want to manipulate fire. You just want to manipulate fire? Yeah. That, that, that'd be my go-to. If I had to choose one of the four elements yeah. from Avatar, it would be fire. Mm. Although water is cool, specifically when they brought in bloodbending, because that's also interesting. We never use it to harm anyone, but I find it very fascinating. You can stop people from having strokes, though, right? Right. But I think fire was... I'm more interested in fire. I'm kind of a small pyromaniac. Okay. That's... I was one as a child. All right. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. Don't let you around fire. Yep. <laughs> Taking Take <that> notes note. <laughs> now. Okay. All right, good. If there's a fire, blame him. Yep. So if you could firebend or manipulate an element, you would prefer fire. Yep. I don't know if there's any spells associated with that. I don't know. But what about in Harry Potter? Like if you if you could do one of those spells, which one would you do? And if you say Avada Kedavra, we're going to have to end the interview. <laughs> <laughs> the one that kills people. Yeah. No. So. Uh... I mean, I like the Patronus spell. I just, I'm curious on what my Patronus would be. Yeah. But other than that, probably. I'm pretty sure there's a Facebook thing that's like, oh, figure I, out your Patronus. There's an app for it. There's probably there's Oh, an yeah, app that's for probably true. <laughs> <laughs> um, other than that, I'm not 100% sure on what other Harry I'm not a, I mean, I, I like Harry Potter, but I'm not devoted to I it. I got you. It's fine. I don't know. I think levitation would be cool. Ooh. I don't know if you if you're into a lot of like comedy skits and things like that. Dane Cook, back in like the early two thousands, I remember one of them. He's like, if you had a superpower, what would it be? He's like, yeah, I want to fly. He's like, yeah, who the crap doesn't? You yeah. know, like how would how cool would it be just to be like, all right, guys, I'll see you tomorrow, and you just mm-hmm. fly. Like who who wouldn't want to do that, right? Obviously, you want to fly and see how high you can go to see the curvature of the Earth. Yeah, not very much oxygen up there, so you might not make it. I just could hold my breath for the. Just a little bit of time it takes yeah. before I have to get back. Hopefully to, you can to fly really fast. Yeah. <laughs> so, funny enough though, when I was a kid, my favorite superhero was the Flash. Okay. I'm running really quick. Yeah. I don't blame you. I had a nickname, so I I was into sports when I was okay. a kid too. Uh, Which sports? Flag football. All right. And my coaches always called me Wheels Wilson. All right. Because I was one of the quicker ones on the team. It's also because and now the no one in the podcast can see you right now. However. Uh, you are like seven foot three, so <laughs> it's it's probably because every step you take is like a seven foot yeah. eight. So I mean, I didn't actually hit my growth spurt until my junior year of high school. All right, I was, I mean, to me, I was five eight as a freshman, and then five nine as a sophomore, and then six four as a junior. Okay, so that was big, and I'm six eight now. Okay, I was five four okay. as a freshman, five five. As a sophomore, probably five six as a junior. Eventually made it to five nine. I think in my twenties. Okay. And then I stopped, obviously. Yeah. And now I think I'm shrinking back down. So I think I'm like five eight and a half now. <laughs> so because uh, you know at PT tests, you know at the fact when they're doing the measure, and they're like sixty eight, sixty nine. We'll go with sixty nine. I was like, yeah, that sounds better. Thanks. So, but. Every time when I would always step on the the scale to measure their height, they would just be on their tippy toes, and they're like, "You know what? How many inches?" Exactly. Like 80. And they're like, "Oh, wow." Okay. Yeah. 
so we had a commander in Korea. I was the group security manager, and the new commander coming in was Colonel Shane Hamilton. They gave me his paperwork, you know, to start filling out for the, you know, the restricted area badge, oh, the okay. green badge, you know, all of those things. And it said six nine on that, and I was like, sixty nine inches. They're like, no, 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 he's six foot nine. And I was <laughs> like, okay. Um, they're like, what's the issue? I was like, I mean, no, that's that's really tall, but. I'm trying to do math in my head because I have to put everything in inches. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I've never had to think about how many inches that is. It's like 81. Mm-hmm. And they're like, that sounds good. I was like, I don't even know. So I'm like, all right, what's six times 12? 72. Okay, gotcha. All right, then add the nine. Yep. All right, yeah, 81. But then whenever I sent that to pass an ID, they sent a response back like, 81, are you sure? <laughs> like, apparently, everyone said he's extremely tall. I was like, okay. So, and he was, you know, like 215 pounds. So, you know, he's, he's tall, but he's, he's still very slim and everything. Yeah. He was also a cancer survivor and things like that. Like there was a lot about him that we'd all known before uh-huh. he even showed up. And we're just like, so he was like larger than, not I mean, metaphorically as well. He was like larger than life before he even showed up. Mm-hmm. So, and there is a, have you ever been to Korea? Yes. So, you know, there's the, of a, the tunnel that we use. Oh, that tunnel is the worst. Exactly. So I told him. It's the him, worst for tall people. It exact, it's, very, it's very small. So I, I told him, like, sir, we're going to, uh, I'm going to take you through the tunnel, but this will be probably your first and your last mm-hmm. time. Because uh, there was another guy who worked out there named Brandon, who was 6'9 as well. And he specifically made every effort to make sure he could just walk outside of that tunnel, mm-hmm. never had to go, go through it. And so we walked through the tunnel one time. And Colonel Hamilton was like, this is stupid. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so I, I, like I said, this is probably your last time going through this tunnel. And he's like, yeah, this, this really hurts my back. Cause he, he had to like walk half bent over yeah. to get through it. So, and I mean, so, when I TDY'd out there when I was with the 15th mm-hmm. and we would go through that tunnel and they're like, don't touch any of the walls. Don't yep. touch the ceiling. And I'm like, this is very tough for a tall person. And my head hit a camera. Oh, yeah. Just by accident. Yeah. And we just kept walking. Like, nothing happened. I was like, sorry. Like, didn't mean to yep. do that. <laughs> Go like a mea culpa in the next camera as you pass by it. Yeah. yeah. What do you think you do to make this world a better place? Hmm. See, that's tough. Do you make the world a better place? Maybe I'm assuming. I think you're just assuming too much on it. Yeah. Me. I mean, it's possible. Yeah. Your glow is starting to diminish. <laughs> so... I uh, I mean I would say my comedy. Okay. Honestly, you make sure you keep it light. Yeah. Still getting work done, but also making sure people around me are having a good time with what they're doing. And yeah. I don't want people to be stressed out all the time, or if they are stressed out, then being able to take them away from that situation, and then kind of working them through another way, so that they are they're more productive because then they're not worried about other things. Yeah. But I would, and I do that best through like cracking jokes here and there, just making fun of myself. Right. So, Richie Rich, the movie with Macaulay Culkin, okay, back in the '90s. So I believe after his parents had already, you know, disappeared, mm-hmm. uh, and Richie Rich was taking over the company, they were talking about how, or the the evil dude, um, I cannot remember the uh, John Levitt. No, John. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, it's the, been so long. I know it's been a minute. So. Uh, he was talking about how it's his job to cut the fat mm-hmm. and, you know, fire people. And Richie Rich or Macaulay Culkin, you know, said in the movie, he's like, my father always said, if you want 
you know, happy workers do good work and they work harder, they work better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes, it is a movie, but I def I absolutely believe that as well. That happy employees, happy operators, and everything will always do better work. Do you like animals? You have three dogs. Three dogs. Uh, what type of dogs do you have? One is a black lab mixed with a pit. She's okay. a rescue. Uh, we have our first dog that we got was a husky, pure right. husky, and then a Jack Russell Terrier. Ooh. So two medium-sized dogs and a tiny dog. Yeah. Do you like other animals too? Yes. All right. So out of all the animals in the world, okay, if they could talk, okay, if they could, you, you could have conversation like almost like Doctor Doolittle, right? You just turn into Doctor Doolittle for the day. Mm-hmm. Which one of them would have the most annoying voice? See, my my immediate thought was either a seagull or like a pigeon. Okay. I think seagull because I think of Finding Nemo and I think of mine, mine, mine yep. all the time. Yeah. And that just to me <laughs> annoys me. It yes. <laughs> yeah. Just wait till you have kids. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> looking forward to it. Yeah. That seagull is based off of someone real, I promise you. <laughs> uh, yeah, honestly, I think I would have to go with seagull. Annoying, the most annoying voice. Yeah. I think that movie, the seagull would be okay. I also think of the uh the pigeons in Oh, was it Animaniacs? Oh man! Right, I know. I'm taking it back. Yeah, you are. Which now they did. They're doing Animaniacs again. I heard there's a new one. So my kids are watching it, and they're like, "How do you know the song?" I was like, "Man, I've known this song since before you, me, and your mother even got together." Uh, But also, let's see. There's a new movie, Spies in Disguise, with Will Smith. He turns into a pigeon or something like that, and uh, he he's the voice of that. Okay. So it's a little bit it's a little bit different because you've got one pigeon who who's got like a Jersey accent and Animaniacs and you know is always ready to fight. You're doing like a Joe Pesci, like you talking to me, and then you got Will Smith on the other side who well, cool, calm and collected. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting. I don't know. I think crows would be very smart. Yeah. So there was a crow. I remember when I was at DLI and I was on trash detail, you know, whenever you first get to a location, there was like, well, you're not ready for class yet. You don't have a clearance. You don't have anything. You can't do anything yet. So just go out there and like base beautification. And I was walking around with a trash grabber and someone had left a, one of those muffins that's in, you know, in the wrapper, in the oh, plastic yep. wrapper next to the, the, like the area where we all form up in the morning. He was looking at it and he looked up at me and I was like, <laughs> Like, I'm not opening that for you. And yep. he just, like, stabs his beak through the plastic and then starts, like, picking out pieces. I was like, all right. I mean, that, that's good. So I walked off to get other trash, and I came back, and he was still, like, poking at it and everything. I was like, all right, man, I'm not going to let it sit here. Like, you get a couple more bites, and, yep, and I got to throw it away. I'm taking it. And uh, so he got a few more bites, and I was like, okay. So I, like, I grabbed it and and uh, tried to move it away, and he starts, like, attacking the trash grabber. And I was mm-hmm. like, hey. Like I, I will beat you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not afraid of you. Exactly. Folks. And my, uh, one of my, one of the blue ropes is his office. Like, is, was facing out where mm-hmm. I was at, and he was like watching me this entire time, mm-hmm. which makes me curious what he was doing. But anyway, <laughs> but he was like watching me, and he saw me like raise the trash grabber up whenever this crow was about to attack me or whatever. I like raised it up real quick, and I grabbed the garbage and I put it in the bag, and it kind of like was hopping after mm-hmm. me. And he's like, you might want to run. Those things get violent. I was like, what? And he's just like, no, they can get pretty violent. <laughs> and I had no idea. I, I didn't know it was, if he was joking or not. So I was like, I guess I like went a little bit faster and he flew off, but he didn't come after me. 
but I feel like crows would are just very passive aggressive. That's how they would act. Possibly, yeah. And they would just wait for their time to be like, "All right, I'm going in." Yeah, I'm just gonna make your life even more miserable than what it already is. Yeah, I did see when we were in Monterey. Uh, we were walking with a, a group of friends, and um, I like I turned around because I, I guess me and uh, me and another guy were walking in front, and we turned around, and there were uh, I don't, a few more people, three or four more people behind us, and we turned around and walked backwards so we could talk to him. And this crow was like hovering over this girl's head, and. And we both like stopped and we're like freaking out, like what's going on? Mm. And he like dive bombs and, and like pecks her in the back of the head. She's like, "Oh my god, what was that?" I'm like it was a bird, and it just kept attacking her hair. We had no idea there was a flower thing or whatever that fell on her. Head. It looked like a bug. Oh, so it thought it was going for a bug, yeah. but she's really just you know pecking the crap out of this girl's <laughs> head. So we felt really bad. We, I don't know if we felt bad at all. Actually, it was really funny. It was, yeah. So and so, of course, she's running and sprinting off, and this bird's chasing after her, and we're just like, "Go inside a building." <laughs> but I don't know what he was going for. But it was it it was like some almost like a little seed pod thing that kind of opened up. Maybe it looked like uh, a beetle or something. You know how like, yeah. their little wings do. So I don't know. That's it, funny. It did not. Uh, it didn't didn't work out well. So the quotes, though. I mean, as long as they, I don't, I quote movies when they pop into my head because of the situation. Right. So, um, or I also sing a lot of songs when my kids say something and they're like, is there a song for everything? It's like, yes, there is. If it's not in English, it's in Korean. Mm. And if I don't know it in Korean, I just make up the words anyway. And you don't know because the kids don't know. They right. don't speak Korean. So, although they do know the baby shark song in, in Korean. Korean. Yeah. There's a, <laughs> There's a there's a YouTube video. It's ten hours of Baby Shark in Korean. It's just the it's just the same. But so the Baby Shark though in Korean, it goes through. It has different words. It's not just Baby Shark do 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 do. So in Korean, it says Baby Shark do 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 do. And I gotta sing it in my head. Or it's cute in the water, Baby Shark, and then Mommy Shark, gentle in the water, huh. Mama Shark, Papa Shark. Uh, stylish in the water, Papa Shark, things like that, and it's going through all the all the relatives mm-hmm. as well, and it's got a different thing about each one. So, but it's still only like a, a three minute song. The Korean Baby Shark is a is a lot less irritating, I think, if you had listened to it for a very long time, for ten hours straight. Yeah, I, <laughs> someone asked about that, and I was like, oh, here, let me send you a clip, and they're like, this is ten hours. It's like, yes, I know, yeah. <laughs> but it's just the same thing over and over. Uh, I'm not even sure why I I knew that they existed. I think one of my Korean teachers brought it up and just like, oh, you know, you can watch it for like ten hours. It's like, I'm physically yes, yeah, but physically no. I also Challenge cannot accept. <laughs> There's no way I don't. <laughs> Are you a naturally inquisitive person? I would think so. Do you ask a lot of questions? Yes. Yes. What's the last thing you Googled? It's actually about the stocks that are happening right now. Oh yeah, the whole GameStop thing. GameStop, AMC, Nokia, yeah, BlackBerry. That is funny. I did see uh, one of the guys in the seven nine second, or formerly in the seven nine second. He's he's PCS since, but uh, he made a lot of money. Uh, his GameStop, mm-hmm. he like it started off. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know how much, but it went up like three thousand percent or two thousand mm-hmm. percent. So, and he said something like uh, he made like an extra five hundred dollars or something like that. You know, since he had take, taken a screenshot, then the next one of his next posts said Robinhood stopped selling the thing. I was yeah. like. Wait a minute, the, the app that you use to buy and sell stocks called Robinhood is like, yeah. And it's like, and we're like taking money from rich and giving it to the poor. Exactly. Rich hedge funds. Uh, yeah. 
and they're stopping it. And I was like, that's not very Robin Hood like. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, uh, obviously, you get on the get on Facebook or or TikTok or whatever you know your flavor is, and you see a, a whole bunch of the same type of memes. Everyone else thinking the same thing. It's like, how are you going to call yourself Robin Hood? They're getting a lot of so, flack right now too. Yeah. A lot of uh, class action lawsuits Ooh. against them uh, because they stopped people from trading a publicly yeah. traded uh, service. Is would Robinhood? So I understand like the hedge funds, or I I don't actually understand. Uh, I'm not. I haven't actually delved into it. Mm-hmm. But I I understand that there are a lot of companies that are going to lose a lot of money based oh, on the, situation. The hedge funds are, yeah, yeah. So, and it's in the billions. So yes. it's, that's that's very important um, they to understand. Bet on that, GameStop was going to go low. Oh. So Reddit, the trolls that they are. Yeah, I know. I love like it. you know what? We're going to show you how this actually works. To raise that so that then when they said that they were going to buy it at a certain price because they thought it was going to be super low, now have to buy it at this most expensive price, which is just going to increase the stock further. That's too funny. I think I bought one share because I I didn't want to miss out and I wanted to be a part of this movement. That's right. That's fine. That's fine. Hedge hedge funds. Let's go with that uh, because I don't know if they have leaders or conglomerates or groups or anything like that. So they're going to be losing a lot of money. Is Robinhood going to be losing money as well? If the users, if they pissed off the users enough and then no one uses it anymore, then yes. Why would Robinhood stop oh, people from, I, like, I think if Robinhood was about to lose some money, like, they would want that to stop as well. So, from what I read, and these could just be rumors too. Um, fake news. Yeah, it could be fake news. But from what I read, that the main hedge fund had interest in robin hood or robin hood they were like kind of sharing some stuff someone's in cahoots right mm. so when they when the hedge fund loses money and robin hood loses money and their robin hood was just saying it oh we're, we're doing this to protect you guys it's like well, it's our money let us do what we want with exactly. it. exactly you won't protect us whenever we're yeah. losing thousands of dollars yeah so if i'm if i'm okay with losing two hundred dollars i'm okay with losing two hundred exactly you don't go to Vegas thinking right. you're just going to win it all and come back. So What might. I think is funny about all of this, though, is ever, and it's been said multiple times on any social media platform, but when the guys in suits and the hedge fund guys at Wall Street, when they do this to us all the time, it's just it's a normal day for them. But when we do it to them, oh, it's bad and we need to stop this all. It's like, well, you're just mad because we're winning. Yeah. When the house loses, the house is not happy. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. It's market oh. manipulation. No, it's not. We're just doing what you guys do, but better. <laughs> yes. I do love that pretty much I blame a lot of things. Not blame. I attribute a lot of things to the millennials. And yeah. so like when I, when uh, I can't, President Trump, whenever he was having a rally and I guess a whole bunch of young people went and who didn't obviously who were not Trump supporters and they went out and they bought a whole bunch of virtual like tickets to his event. Seats. And then so whenever they whenever he showed up, there no was, one was there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So they like set up a whole outward, you know, outside stage and things like that. Things like that, or the the things that we do that is just like straight up trolling people. Oh yeah. Uh and obviously, like they didn't care. It was the president of the United States at the time who that position, whether you like the person or not, right? Like that position. In theory, should you know, should garner respect, right? So, uh, but 
especially the new generation, they they give no yep. craps whatsoever mm-hmm. about who are they troll. If they feel like they want to troll someone, they can get a whole bunch of people to troll. So I think it's I think it's really funny. And I think after the whole GameStop thing, after like this stock skyrocketed like three thousand percent or some craziness. And, you know, all these hedge fund guys were saying, you know, like, this is going to, you know, like, we're asking for bailouts for, like, $5 billion bailouts and stuff. I was like, you know, I really love the new generation. Yeah. I love that they that they see things like this and just like, you know what we can do? We can, we can mess with you. Exactly. One of my favorite times I've seen people mess with, like, celebrities is they did this to Taylor Swift a couple of quite a few years ago. Okay. But I think she had a promotion going on where, or a contest of where she would play her next concert at, like at a school rally or whatever. Right. The people on the internet all grouped together and had her go to a deaf school to play at a deaf school. She obviously didn't go and she gave money to the school because, right. um, But that was super funny to just be like, you know what? This is what you're going to be doing. (laughs) I would have so used that. If I was Taylor Swift, I'd have made sure that the speakers were face down so the oh, all the rhythm and everything see, would go smart, to the floor. Yeah. I would make sure I had plenty of interpreters out mm-hmm. there, you know, so that I, I would assume now there's there's some like videos on YouTube where these uh these people who do sign language like tran- mm-hmm. translation or whatever, um, they're doing like full rap songs and everything. Oh, yeah. and you see them at I, rap I've concerts. S- I've seen one rap or trans translate to uh eminem exactly and, oh man and she the way she was getting exactly into it too, like, oh. <laughs> i don't know i don't know who enjoyed the song more yeah. like the people who could hear the people who are watching her <laughs> it's like i'm assuming she's right because i don't understand right. american sign language but that's like she was getting into it so yeah like i would have definitely used that like i'd be like hey thanks for the troll and this is a great idea mm-hmm. too and i would have use it i think they did the same thing somewhat to pitbull Okay. He had another contest, and people sent him to like the lowest populated spot and called him Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I mean, if you ever leave an option open to everyone to participate in, yeah, something's going to go on. This is true. You would hope that a majority would be genuine. Yeah, but I think in this day of age, this day and age, <laughs> no one cares. No. I think we're, I think. It's almost like how in the military, as you get higher in rank and you, you know, you've been maybe in a specific job for long enough or in a specific job for too long that you get kind of jaded. And I think maybe the younger generation just growing up in what we're kind of maybe seeing right now uh, with all of the different, you know, political slash economic and climate and all the things that uh, that we have such a division over. Maybe they're just tired of it and they're just going to troll everyone. And I'm totally cool with that. Uh, because I don't have a stake in any of it, so mm-hmm. I mean, if I, I'll just it's be fun to watch. Exactly right. So I'll be sitting here with popcorn. Yeah. You know, it's almost like I'm sure that it came out multiple times on multiple different situations. But I keep seeing you know, a picture of a guy just. Actually, I think I just recently saw it with Bernie Sanders, uh, in you know sitting in his mittens and everything. Like mm-hmm. it was like across the Bernie meme that's going around right now. But it's just sitting like that and just watching the Earth on fire and just like sitting there eating popcorn. I, I'm I'm cool with obviously I don't want to watch the world burn, but I do love watching the dumpster fires that occur mm-hmm. uh, throughout every just a lot of it's just because of ridiculousness. Oh know? yeah, and lack of communication. People don't understand the other side, or people don't want to have a commu- 
conversation with someone. So I think a lot of it is people just are so like stuck to what they believe in that they're not willing to give on the other side a chance. Really. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, maybe they should take the ABI class, learn about those cognitive biases oh, and things yeah. like that. <laughs> uh, you can take the Arbinger course, the Arbinger Institute. Mm-hmm. We just took the Arbinger course or the Arbinger Institute course with group staff, uh, a, a group of us from XP and a group of us from DO and, uh, you know, art uh, uh-huh. is there. And just thinking about or seeing other people, you know, as human beings is very important. And just seeing that they have their own ideas, their own motivations and things like that, their own perspectives. Uh, it's very difficult to explain perspectives to the people who don't want to right. talk about them or or don't believe that they are afflicted by personal cognitive biases and things like that. And I don't know, it's, it's difficult to talk to people like that who, who don't believe in that. Right. So this is the way the world works. And it's like, for you, (laughs) you know, for everyone else, it works a different way. (laughs) I think, so there's a, uh, there's a, there's a picture I saw on, on, uh, probably Facebook, I guess. And it's talking about how perspective is important Mm -hmm. and it's a giraffe drawing a painting of a lion okay now obviously the lion that you see is you know he's got his face and you know him standing on all fours and he's got this big you know brown or darker colored mane Mm -hmm. and everything but the giraffe where from his perspective since his you know Mm -hmm. his neck is so long he's seeing a downward it looks like it looks like a male appendage you know with that mane is just a whole bunch of fur at the bottom uh so it is I can see how perspective as, you know, from six foot eight Mm -hmm. that you are uh, versus, you know, the, I don't know, the five foot two airman that is in the, is in 392nd. Mm -hmm. I think just visually perspective is extremely different. Mm -hmm. Um, Although you are the first person to know when it rains, she has the most time to avoid it. Mm -hmm. So... I'll be the first person to be struck by lightning. This is true. This is true. So, all right. So make sure that you don't have a lighter in the building. Yep. And <laughs> if it rains, actually, walk away. <laughs> yeah. I, perspective is extremely important. Yes, it is. And I recently have, have taken a more serious look uh, internally about how I perceive the world um, because I can get into the idea that I'm right, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a tech sergeant in the Air Force, my role, I saw my role, and I still kind of see that as a tech sergeant, as a technical expert. One of the positives that I see in the Air Force is you have an airman, a tech sergeant, doesn't matter male, female, doesn't matter how old they are, mm-hmm. they are a technical expert if they've made that rank and they've been in that career field for their, you know, uh, for a good amount of time. Like their role is to be able to walk into any room, talk to anyone about their specific knowledge base they're the technical expert and that's what's accepted and you're like cool have a great day there's no questions like well i mean who's that tech sergeant it's like he is the tech sergeant of that he was called in here as the technical expert for this reason because he's the tech sergeant i did not see the same thing in the navy uh Mm. because if you're not a chief your opinion doesn't matter at least in in the example that i saw uh when deployed out onto the the carrier Mm-hmm. the Navy is very different in that aspect. Uh, but I was an E7 when I got onto the, onto Ooh, the ship. Okay. So I didn't, I didn't have to worry about it. Yep. Uh, I was not treated that way. I was treated like a chief. So it doesn't matter, but I mean, it does matter, but it didn't, it didn't affect me. So I agree. Per- perspectivism is very important. Mm-hmm. So I have one more question uh, okay. that 
I would like to know, or I like your opinion on. So tear gas makes people cry. Mm-hmm. Laughing gas makes people giggle. Oh boy! What other kinds of gases do you wish existed? Hmm. If you could have a canister of any type of gas, of that made gas, me. and you pulled the pin, what would you want it make people to do? <laughs> My first thought was not good. <laughs> It makes me sound more evil. <laughs> I mean, I can always delete it out <laughs> if it's too evil. I would just say like a like a poop gas. Oh, okay. Funny. Yeah. Let so let's soften it up a little bit. That's that's, that's horrible. Words. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's go with let's lessen the severity of that <laughs> and make it a fart gas. So instead of just straight up pooping themselves, they start just farting. Yeah, okay. Maybe like un- I mean, that's just normal gas, though. <laughs> that, maybe. I mean, whenever I have tear gas, I don't start farting. Yeah. So, but um, my let, other option was a dancing gas because that would also be funny. Dancing gas, yeah, that has been said before. Really? Yes, Sergeant Sham. Oh. He also said there was a he'd want a, a dancing gas. So, so with the uh, let's say like the riot, or let's say, well, I don't know what they call it now. The event that took place at the Capitol building yep. on January 6th? I think so, yeah. January 5th, January 6th, one of those. If there's a whole group of people that are, you know, causing racket, ruckus or anything like that, or let's say it's just a riot, right? There's a whole riot mm-hmm. um, that's going on, and you're just like, if you're the Capitol Police, just pull the pin, throw a gas of a gas of dance, and everyone's just out there dancing. It's like... Now it's a party. Exactly, right? <laughs> you get some lights going, you know, get Taylor Swift to come out there, put the speakers down. <laughs> they can feel the beat. We're good. Just make sure I have those uh the sign language. The sign language exactly. You don't even need M and M. You can just have you can have her up there with the music, you know. <laughs> yeah. She she's bouncing too, so it's good. Yeah. All while looking up at the stars. Exactly. <laughs> uh because you have interest in astrology. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Got to know my signs. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. The the Latin base. I still have no idea like what the difference between optometry and ophthalmology is. So, oh and I, I think they both deal with eyes, but I I didn't know there was. I don't know. One's the left eye. One's the right eye. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should probably. I'll Google that later. So I Google a lot of random stuff as well. The majority of them are you know safer work type stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a few things that I that I Google that I won't Google at work just in just because of some of the things that can come up in the search results. Oh, yeah. So you're just like, eh. I'll save this until later. Yeah. yeah. Like this is something that that I'm dealing with at work and it's something I probably need to know, but I'm gonna wait until mm. Or just go out to the phone real quick and exactly. double check and then go back in and be like, all right, this this exactly. is what this is. Yeah. Yeah, because some I can't remember what it was. It, there was something very specific and it sounded it sounded uh, not professional or mm. not appropriate for work, but it was literally a type of like fiber connection. Oh, okay. It's a multi pull on or something. Oh, okay. But someone said like, oh, we're going to do multi pull on. I was like, okay, I don't know what that is. And so that, obviously not a calm guy. So that's where I would say that's what she said. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> and I was, I was like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what this is. I'm going to wait till I get home to Google that. And I looked at it and I was like, oh, which. That's that's not bad at all. Yep. MPO is the type of fiber connection mm-hmm. that we're gonna be we're gonna be doing in the in the renovation. But they kept saying multi pull on, and I'm like, I don't I don't trust this. Are you sure that's right? It's like, 
And uh, I, and of course, you know, these, these are all com professionals talking about it, so they all know what they're talking about. I didn't want to be like, "Hey, I'm the Korean linguist on the phone. I have no idea what mm-hmm. multipolon is. Can you explain it to me?" Because if it was something simple, they're like, "All right, you know, here it is." But yep. if it's something like very in depth, I didn't want to draw out the conversation for thirty minutes right. about like, "All right, so we're gonna take these bundles of of fiber," and I'm like, "Okay, no, okay, you lost me. It's cool. Yeah. Don't worry about it. I'll Google it later." <laughs> And it was very quick, very easy. You know, I didn't, I don't mind asking stupid questions a lot, but if I'm, I don't know how stupid the question is right. at first. So that's, a, I have that same problem a little bit where I'm, I like to ask questions. Yeah. But if I'm in a meeting with a bunch of other people that are higher rank than I am and yeah. the meeting is going along, I don't want to be the person to be like, excuse me, um, what did you mean by that? Right. Because everyone else might know. In my head, I'm thinking everyone else knows what this is. I'm going to be the only one that just looks dumb in this meeting and I just don't want to portray myself like that. Yeah. But then after the meeting, I'll just go up to a person and be like, Hey, what does this mean? Exactly. That's how I get around that issue. Now I will say when I was a senior airman, I did a lot because I was allowed to be dumb as a senior airman as a staff. I think I still, I still did the same thing. I did not do that as a tech at all. I didn't, I mean, I still asked questions, but it was always that one-on-one type setting. You were uh, brought it here, obviously, for a reason. Um, and I was just—is there anything that you would like to say for the people who nominated you, or your squadron leadership, or the group leadership? Anything that you have specifically for them, your uh, your thoughts or wishes or whatever for the people that are going to listen. Um, so I would say, obviously, thank you to my leadership who thought that I deserved this—the honor of coming on here. Because, I mean. What I've always been taught is just going in and doing the work, going above and beyond. It's just that's what you do. So I don't expect to get any awards. I don't expect coins. I don't need that gratification to me. But having them still push me up for things, I I feel very thankful yeah. that they've done that. Um, for my current team, though, I know Senior Airman Johns, uh, Sergeant Trin, Kem Carluccio, the Esri rep that we have, Carl Eichenberger, They've helped me out tremendously for what I'm doing now, and I'm very thankful to have them on my team because I'm always continuously learning from them. Yeah. Same with uh, Sergeant Allshouse, mm-hmm. who currently went to DGS2. Yeah. Uh, he helped me quite a bit, especially when it came to coding on Python because that was new to me, and now I'm all pretty much doing it for the A yeah. for all these new things. But yeah, other than that, I just I thank you for the opportunity from for everyone just to allow me to be here and, and do this. This was fun. Yeah. I like this. Is uh is John's a staff sergeant? Yes, staff select. Oh man. Oh, he hasn't pinned on yet? No. Okay. He won't pin on for a while. I was about to say, I think you owe him a beer. Because for some reason I thought he already pinned on. So I wouldn't have made that mistake. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for your time. Thank you for all that you do, not just for the eighth IS, but for the group, because what you're doing is obviously uh it, it has broader impacts uh, across our group, as well as, you know, the rest of the enterprise that are going to be kind of following suit as to what the, you know, DGS-5 is doing when it comes to AETs and the data mm-hmm. management, the, you know, analysis and all of the kind of the structuring that we're doing right now, I, n- I know is being replicated across at different sites. So I appreciate that and I appreciate you. Thank you. Um, and uh, the willingness to jump into something that isn't normal outside of your career field, but you you know found that you had a, a passion for something and 
ran with it. So yeah. All right. Have a great day and have a good weekend. Awesome. You too. conversation with Staff Sergeant Eric Wilson from the 8th Intelligence Squadron. He was nominated for the bragging on my airman by his flight commander, Captain Carluccio, who said that Staff Sergeant Wilson embodies all the qualities of a great NCO and leader with his mentorship and dedication to safety and health of his airmen. If you have any ideas, recommendations for future podcast shows or guests that you'd like to hear from, let us know by going to any of the socially acceptable means of communication and leave us a comment. Facebook URL is facebook.com forward slash group forward slash 692D podcast. The email is simply 692D podcast at gmail.com. And you can always leave us a message on the Mattermost channel. If you can't get to any of those, send me an email at derek.addison at us.af.mil and I'll respond as soon as possible. That's the show for today. So for now, aloha, take care of yourself. And if you can, take care of someone else too.